What's up, fellow car enthusiasts? Welcome to an episode of Behind the Boost presented by MA Performance. I'm your host, Charlie Main, and today we plan to bring you some of the behind the scenes of the automotive world. Today we go live with Ian from Drive Cartel. We talk about car show culture, post-COVID-19, Ian's personal build, and the new wave of classic cars. This is one you definitely don't want to miss. Thanks for coming in, man. Really appreciate it. Good to be here, guys. It's awesome. Yeah. Anyways, this is our what we call the Behind the Boost live stream right now. It does get repurposed as a podcast. Um, so if you are listening to this live, feel free to drop us any questions you have for us in the comments as we go. Ian, if you wanted to tell us a little bit about yourself and kind of what you, you know, kind of do in the industry and uh, maybe a little bit about Drive Cartel too. Yeah, I've just been around. A lot of guys know me around for, for years. We've just been doing uh, a lot of car stuff, you know, through Eminillas and then made my way over to uh, working with Drive Cartel. Just kind of like trying to break some rules and just do things a little bit different. That's always kind of been an MO, like, well, this is fun, but what else can we do? You know what I mean? It's like right. after a while, after a while, you just kind of say, well, it's cool, but we've seen this car show many, many times, so what else can we do? And that's where Drive Cartel kind of came in. Drive Cartel is like a, they're, they're a brand that uh, is geared towards the Midwest region. Uh, it uh, was created yeah, with the purpose of like integrating with the community and like giving back to the community and uh, yeah. you know, helping, helping it grow, become something different. I love that. Like when I got brought on board, I was really pumped about it just because the people were so cool. I already knew like, and we all kind of know all the people that are involved with that and with track members, but it was really, it was nice, man. It was, you know, they started like in 2016. Uh, as uh, High Horse Club. Do you remember those banners that people had? The High Horse, Horse Club stuff yeah. in the shirt. And then in 2017, they transitioned to uh, Drive Cartel where they started doing uh, cars and craft, doing Modest uh, in 2018 and then 2019 and the upcoming one here. It was cool, man. It was like, there was like this really genuine roots behind it where I felt it was something I really wanted to be part of because we could do so much more as a brand versus as a car club to help affect those other car clubs and help them grow too. All of those car clubs are invited and show up to those cars and craft events where they bring out cars, their buddies, they're allowed to advertise with their stuff you know, because they're representing. And that's how you connect those people from this club and to somebody who's not in a club and say, man, I really like what these guys are doing over here. I'm going to go hang out with Team Rogue or I'm going to do that. So it, it's a cool way of doing that without being biased, you know, saying, oh, I'll be part of our club. So it's all funded by, you know, like, it, which is great. It's like they sell the shirts uh, to throw the events, you know, and they sell like coilover uh, covers. I don't know if you guys have seen those. Uh, yep. But yeah, we, we have a bunch of products and stuff like that that allow us to put on really cool shows. And if you haven't been to a Cars and Crafts, I know you guys probably have. They're They're awesome, man. Like I, I wouldn't change it for the world. So, right. but even still, with that, we uh, try to integrate new things. And like you know, uh, we were doing projections last year. Started doing that where we were taking videos from local uh, video, local uh, videographers and yeah. displaying them up on the wall. So while you're walking this cool underground style show, you're getting to see all these other things happening on screens and uh you know on the sides of the buildings and that and it just kind of enhances the experience man so kind of stepping up yeah absolutely but, and i'm sure as a as a photographer or videographer too i mean that's cool to just see your work up there because i'm sure that a lot of those guys are at the events themselves i mean 
yeah. for people who aren't from around the Midwest that are maybe watching right now or listening in, I mean, the events are, I mean, the shows are some of the bigger shows, I would say, in the area. I'd say Modest is probably one of the biggest ones. And we don't get a lot of those really big car shows up here in the Minnesota area. So for these mm -hmm. guys to put on something like that, that really gives off that same sort of vibe where if you're down in you know california at a show or something like that it's you get a lot of those those same levels of builds out at you know modest and you see a lot of that stuff out at the cars and craft and it's really cool to just see somebody locally being successful and bringing that community together so i applaud you guys i'm really all about it so it's a it's a challenge but i mean we're trying to go bigger every year so this year uh, which is still on like we're still pushing we're working with the city St. Paul and we're working with the River Center and everything to try to still have like a really great experience for people uh, and like what it takes to make that happen now with this current like world that we live in. Yeah, we're, we're really working with that, which is going to be really cool. And it's, it's some challenges in there. But at the same time, it's like, well, this is how we have to figure this out, because going forward, we're kind of we're going to be doing some of this stuff uh, from here on out. So right. um, the, the format it's got to change. So that's kind of, you know, something we've been working with and we're, we're pumped because it's like, everything is kind of coming together and moving in the right direction. And you kind of go, okay, okay, we got this. We're going to do it good. So right. uh, it's exciting, man. And that's going to be way bigger than previous years. Cause we are just really kind of shooting for the moon. Cause we want to bring those, uh, our friends, our, our, our friends from the Midwest, you know, like from right. Chicago and, you know, from, from down South a little bit and bring everybody in, to do like a different thing so that way they have something different to do we have something different different to do and we can all kind of enjoy it and say like well we went out to minnesota to do that yeah absolutely so i lived in milwaukee for a long time when i was down there you know you get to go down to chicago for a lot of those car shows chicago has some more of those shows you know you've got like the tuner evolution chicago that happens there and some other stuff but again it's just absolutely incredible to see it happening up here, you know, it's going to be pretty different, I think, in the landscape of what we have going on around us today. You know, you were talking to that kind of briefly, but, you know, what if you guys, I mean, I'm sure you guys have had conversations about the current landscape of COVID and everything like that. I mean, I know personally, we, our event is essentially, you know, Proving Grounds essentially isn't going to be what it was i mean it's kind of yeah. limited to just i think only a few drivers you know what does that look like for you guys i'm sure you guys have had a lot of talks about that and it's i mean i'm sure like us it was a lot of playing it by ear sort of thing well we have you know because part of the aspects what drive cartel does for proving grounds is yeah. add some of that entertainment factor in and like we you know we did the car show aspect yeah. of it and, and we we just try to enhance the party well like when when the party involves interaction directly with other people how do you manage that? Like, how do you give them that experience without having them be directly to each other? Like car spacing, every, all these little details, because you have to make sure that people can feel safe and be safe while still yeah. trying to get that. Yeah, it, it's difficult. and It's going to be a challenge. But I think maybe now is the time for people to be focused on, since we have some restrictions, focused on the aspect of getting their cars better. You know what I mean? Maybe maybe focus on the actual performance aspect until we can clear up enough until we can get back to the party. But, you know, we can still provide music. We can still provide car show. We just have to understand that there's currently needs to be some of that distancing because we all know people that have gotten COVID. Hopefully none that have passed. And if you have, I'm sorry for your losses. It's something that's around us and we got to be conscious of that until we can get 
past this hurdle. I, for one, am looking at uh, looking forward to breaking, struggling through uh, some, you know, some passes and doing some burnouts up there. And I, like, to me, like, that's what I want to do. So I would love to, you know, have part of the experience, but maybe not on the face forward aspect, but to be behind the wheel and do more of that instead, just to make it cooler like that. Pass, do maybe do more media so people can uh, enjoy from afar versus yeah. trying to draw them in. But it's a money thing too. I mean, you guys, you know, like entry fees and all that stuff and all that kind of falls into place to make it happen. So when right. you don't, when you don't have some of that, it, it gets a little weird. And yeah. So even, even beyond like not having it, like the amount that is required, like, entry fees is one of those people you know one of those things that kind of people don't really understand is that like just because you can get a little bit doesn't mean that that is right. gonna cover it you know the you know events like proving grounds and stuff like that i mean the the insurance the you know yep. people booking the event all that stuff like i mean there's a a large quantity of money involved in that and to kind of like try to 50 percent do it or 25 percent do it like Sometimes it's just not even worth attempting it because there's you know almost a, a loss coming into play. So it's it's a it's a super difficult uh, situation on both sides. Really is, and you would hope for some leniency from the venues, but at the same time they have to cover their costs, you know. And like I think I think people don't understand that aspect of it. They don't tend to see that side of it, but you know you have to be aware of it and. Uh, if, if it if it calls for increased entry fees for drivers to go out and have a, a playground or a venue like that to do some things with their car, maybe that's what has to happen. Take some of that $1,200 you got and apply it to that or whatever it was. Uh, but it, it, yeah, it's, it's not going to be easy for a little while, I don't think. But we can definitely make it happen. You just got to you know, put forth the effort. Yeah. And I think a lot of the community turns to, you know, organizations like uh, Drive Cartel and like us and other people in the industry to, you know, again, if right now they can't necessarily get out and enjoy the car community the way that they have in years past, for us to maybe come up with creative solutions to, you know, really help them be able to, you know, sort of scratch the itch or so to speak and kind of get out there to do as much as they can. And like you said, I mean, things like, uh, media online, you know, some of those, you know, feature cars getting, you know, more or less a feature video or some more images out there to share or anything you can do to really just kind of put those kinds of people, you know, out there and get those more um, just visible to the people that are looking for it. Because of our position, it's kind of our, our duty to make it, you know, really happen. Agree 100%. It's spot on. That's what we got to do. Absolutely. No. So have you guys... So as of right now, are you guys just kind of waiting to hear back about anything in terms of the modest event then? We've been, we've been working pretty actively, uh, you know, ensuring that the event goes forward. Like we've, it's not about saying, Hey, asking the question, can we do this event? It's about what do we need to do to yeah. make this to, you know, to, for, to, uh, apply by the rules and regulations. Yeah. Uh, because yeah, we want the event to go up and we've, been working really hard at making it go up like our our pre-planning for this started the day after last year's modest like it had already been you know we started having our meetings going over that stuff because it was like cool we're going all that we're going to make this like the, the biggest thing we have out here right because we have we now have the opportunity to make this make this venue and this, this all the people coming up from around and, and 
media and everybody. So the question is not can we, but how do we? And so as doing that, we're we're going ahead, like we're gonna make it work and we're gonna make it great. There's gonna be potentially some shifts in, in how the venue's laid out from what we initially planned. You know, maybe we have to take up more space or whatnot, but we're in that transition phase uh, to ensure everybody's safety and make sure it's a good event. So, so yeah, well, I'm sure you guys will come up with something because it's it's always cool with the events you guys you know put together. It's always a good time. So anybody locally who's watching and listening, if you know, stay tuned. They've got their uh, social media pages and everything. What's the? Is there like a universal handle for everything? Well, if you just look at uh, look for Drive Cartel, hashtag Drive Cartel, uh, you yep. will find us pretty much all over the place with it. Drive Cartel on Facebook and uh, also drivecartel.com where you can buy clothing, apparel, coils and covers, all that, all that stuff, the stickers, all that, just all the cool stuff. Absolutely. And we will be doing it. Uh, we're projected for Cars and Craft, which uh, starts in uh, July. Keep your eyes out for that. So Cars and Craft is coming back because it is an outdoor space and it's not, it's never really too crowded of an event. So we're, we're working with them on how to make sure that that is a safe event for people to go to as well. So kind of making that happen. It's good. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I guess, you know, I don't think we've kind of talked about, we've talked a lot about some of the drive cartel stuff, but I know you've got a pretty impressive car. Uh, we spoke a little bit about before we actually went live. I don't know if we talk a little bit, a little bit about that. Uh, I'll give it a rundown as fast as I can with all these things. Yeah. We, have a, we have a lot, we have a lot of cars and I'm going to save like probably the exciting one for last, but we'll, yeah. the one that nobody, the one that most people haven't seen, which I'm really excited about. Yeah. You know, the, my, my wife, uh, has a or uh, my fiance wife I call her. Uh, she has a GS400 that she says is faster than any of my cars. It's good competition there. Uh, but we also have an LS400 which is uh, going to be out of Jalopy Olympic coming up there. Uh, that thing is a kind of ridiculous car. It's just a pile of metal that goes around corners well i guess and, you know and then we have our dailies that are made for off-roading and hauling but when it comes down to the garage now we have a, a new car to the family out back which is a 1995 lexus sc300 it's a factory onyx black 202 with black leather interior all the options five-speed car like it's a unicorn just, like you just, yeah right just every box is checked it's like it, it like how do we find that that's crazy that's like the unicorn that the car maybe we could talk about it later uh with the that's one of those cars that just won't get modified or touched it's just right. it's too it's too like how you know what right. i mean like how does this still exist kind of thing yeah. But that's cool. But that car, the only reason why I was able to understand to pick up that car properly with its condition and all the things that uh, it is, is because I have another five speed, um, factory five speed Lexus SC300, which is the uh, the brown one, as most people know, with the gold. That has been fully modified. Body's been widened, fenders yeah. chopped, slammed, lowered, ridiculous. Um, right. You know, and it's running a 665 single big turbo on a 2J. The old five-speed transmission is gone. It's actually going, it went over to Nuke's house um, from Drive Cartel to go on a mm -hmm. new project he's got, which I'm excited to see. I got the Collins CD09 with a twin disc put into that. You're heading back with a whole new drive shaft, uh, going to a Ford 88, which is the Gran Oz Racing package back there with twin carbon disc clutch uh, rear end. Going to some drive shaft rear giant axles you know just make sure it's all solid and good 
And that car is like, it's beast mode, man. And I'm really yeah. excited to turn it up and like go crazy with it. Same time, uh, it's in shakedown right now again, which happens every time you change stuff, you know? And it's back on jack stands because there was some little issue with the T56 Something. stuff that does yep. throw out slave that was just being really odd. So we're, we're pulling it back out, see what happens. Where the cool thing is, and only a couple people have seen this, and I'm, I'm kind of unveiling it to people. I have a 1949 Chevy Sport Coupe that okay. is been chopped up crazy. It is laid on in, laid on a S10 frame that's been shortened six and a half inches, which has then been made to slam the body to the ground because the whole body was dropped over that. All on bags, all around 350, all copper stuff. The whole roof of the car, the bumpers, everything is hand laid copper leaf. It's it's silly. I I can't even show a photo of it. it. It's it's one of those things where you just like you'll spend so much time doing it and you'll let it stay around almost unfinished because the beauty of working on it is one of those things where you're like this is just amazing. By my whole world of weirdness, I took integrated so much Toyota parts into this car. Like anytime I'd find a Toyota column, you know, a booster, uh, you know, pedal set seats you know anything i was just like cool i know i I know what to do with all this and i've integrated that in because it's like newer better than it came with and it's just it's wild man just one of those things where you're just like this car is going to define me one day yeah with the hot rod man the hot rod yeah absolutely and uh it looks like uh dalen just got back on hey he's got a he's got quite a hot rod project he's got started now uh, himself as well that he just went and picked up. Have we talked about that on here, Dalen? Uh, I don't think so. No. Yeah. I mean, it's not as much of a project at this point as something right. that's just kind of going to get driven a bunch. Um, Thirty-four Ford Coupe, uh, same Ooh. thing. Chopped, uh, chopped, sectioned, cut up in all the which ways. Um, yeah, kind of same thing on a more modern frame, but like it's a custom, like more pro street esque chassis from like the early 2000s small block Chevy. Right. Yeah, kind of semi been in the family since the early 60s and the body is exactly how it was back then. Like the chop was done then, um, interior was done then, like most of the car exterior wise is kind of how it would have been back in the day. So early, uh, early San Diego hot rod. But yeah, it's a uh, kind of just it'd been sitting for a long time, picked it up a couple weeks ago, brought it back from California, got it up and running and have just been driving it all over the place. I, Charlie, oh, Charlie just saw it for the first time yesterday because I yeah. the shop, but it, it's just, it's just one of those things you don't get to see very often at all. Yeah. Yeah, it's just it. slowly going farther and farther away from the house, basically, and seeing the stuff falls off, and so far things haven't fallen off. So I think, that's, I think that's cool, though, because it's like you're bringing something that, uh, you know, had essentially seeming like it had been retired almost, or it was just kind of starting to get pushed back. And you're bringing it back forward, saying, you know oh, yeah. what? No, we're going to do stuff. And and that, to me, is the, one of the most important things about this whole car culture. Just all that is to take something that is going and bringing it all the way back and doing something just more ridiculous with it. And I love that. I I commend you for that. Yeah, yeah I think- no, it's, a, it's, I mean, like Charlie said, it was kind of a, it's something that the car has been a, the family have passed away, so an unfortunate story on that side of it. But as far as the car, like it's been, I mean, it was cared for, sat in a garage. Like he was a, a big collector, had had lots of stuff. So this was uh, one of the many, but it was started up and run every week and kind of uh, kept going for a very long time. As far as I know, it's been a running, driving car since. Couldn't have planned, 
Couldn't have planned that any better. But no, I, I love that. Like he's uh, he's become the caretaker for this, especially a family car, which is great. And I I, I feel that one hundred percent. I have my grandfather's speedboat, but it's okay. like that. It's like you're carrying on. You're the new caretaker of that, and I think that's that's amazing, man. That's just it's really cool. I, I can't wait to see that, man. Like, bring that thing out. I'm gonna, so I'm gonna before, do my best. Before we let the suspense go any longer, how long has it been running and driving? Yeah. Car? Uh I'll just cut out again right away. Um, I, I think it's been a running, driving car most of it, like almost since our life since early '60s. Um, like as far in like hot rod form, and before that, you know, just a normal people car. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, same thing, kind of just like my goal, just to drive as much as possible. So like every everything that's going to be done with it is with the intent of like just making it more comfortable and fun to drive. And like comfortable in the, you know, I'm just not going to die kind of way, not like actual comfortable that normal people think about. Um, But yeah, no, it's just kind of like it's a. I was just going to say, I think that it's really interesting actually now thinking about it because, you know, looking at the car that you've got, Dalen, you know, looking at that right now, you would say that that's like a classic car, right? Like it, like if somebody sees it, it's kind of like classic, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, and it's funny because, like, the terminology is so, like, specific. And, like, people are very, like, protective of the terminology used. Like, people right. would not call this a classic car. Like, it's a hot rod. Like, Technically, it's not a right. muscle car. It's not a street rod. It's not, you know, right. there's, like, the names are so specific. Right. Um, it's, uh, yeah, no, it's just, it's funny because, like, coming from, like, the import performance world, like, the names don't really matter much and now it's like right. each little segment is so specific kind of just learning that side of it too is really funny see to somebody who hasn't dove into that like i would definitely just refer to it as like a more classic car but if that's just like obviously incorrect to the like actual terminology within the industry or the that like niche of cars then definitely probably not oh yeah it's it's so crazy you smile when i said that and i was like yeah i probably probably, probably said that wrong huh it's just so different like and even like within within those subsets like dance cars and race cars and all kind of stuff has like divide today but like the difference between like a traditional hot rod or like contemporary hot rod like how the parts that are used to build it, how you've done stuff to it. Like there is so many little intricacies that go into every little like choice that's made on these cars and like how people define them that the stories behind each one almost matter more than what your kind of end goal with the car is, if that makes sense. Well, yeah, where I was originally going with this is, do you, you know, like thinking ahead into the future, do we think that, you know, again, some of the cars that we have now will be looked at as classic cars. You know, when you look yeah, at, oh yeah. So like, for example, the car you just picked up, Ian, again, it's like, is keeping that in as OE spec as possible yeah. and whatever. I mean, like, is that the way to go or is the super modified version going to be more valuable or more period correct or, or what people want to look for? I mean, I don't, I don't know. I guess I'm, that's the question I guess I'm wondering. I mean, I mean, value wise, obviously the uh, cars remaining in stock as possible will yeah. generally always hold a higher value. Um, I mean, there will be a day that we see one of those Plymouth K cars, the sure. Lee Iacocca years. We, we will see some of those cars getting up into the you know $50,000 range, maybe more because they were tossed away. So as those cars stayed original, actually, there's a Plymouth Duster that's about a block and a half away from my house. 
and I kid you not, like an 80s, uh, like a late 80s one, and it's in perfect condition. And you look at that and you're like, someday I'm going to see that at a show like Back to the 50s and go, that car is right there. And just like our parents did or are doing to cars at shows like Back to the 50s, we have a different generational aspect to it. And I think that some of those cars need to stay non-modified. Like I'm going to lose my mind uh, 10, 20 years from now when I see a 240SX that has not been turned into a drift car. Oh, it's going to be like, who's yeah. going to have that? They're all going to be gone. Cause even right. the ones that are stock, the drift guys want to buy those because it's a good starting point for our right. drift chat. So yep. I, I think, I think that there's a time if a car is in good enough shape that maybe it should maintain its life as it was from the factory. Currently with this black car that's here, the owner, is uh the person that purchased the car he's 87 years old and he lives out in minnetonka i'm going to be doing an interview with him about the history of the car why he purchased it how it came to be how it was ordered because all of that needs to carry with that car all of that history just like he was talking about with his family's history on how the car is, that needs to be documented and known because yep. whether I'm the caretaker of that car or not, and I say caretaker because there's a difference between an owner of a car and a caretaker. Very big difference. Whether I'm a caretaker or someone else is, that history needs to be known because the guy that owned it had a purpose for getting that car. And it has, it has stayed in this world because we cared enough. Yeah. Because we care enough about these cars. Will I chop the other car up? Nah, I'll do that to the crazy weird one i mean it's like one i don't know the actual numbers i think it's 758 of those were made uh for the 95 series and of that not that many were black with black interior who knows the actual numbers and lexus doesn't even know so it might be like might be a dozen it might be two dozen cars yeah who knows? who knows but there a lot of them are destroyed or gone so it, it'll be nice to preserve that and i wish i could do that more often but man i love chopping cars up dude it feels so good. I mean, dude, putting a turbo on a car that didn't never had a turbo, it's awesome, man. Come on. But, There's just something yeah. about making a car and making it your own that I think is uh, like at the root of what I think a lot of car enthusiasts enjoy. Yeah, yeah. That's. I mean, that's crucial. That needs to happen. I mean, we need to destroy things and build them back up. It kind of allows us to understand and, and grow our technical abilities and knowledge to to make this happen if you're if you're if you're a car guy or a car girl you need to do that you need to fail break it fix it break it fix it and the more you do that the, the more knowledge you have like and you just become a better person i think Brian. so i don't know i feel i've, I've failed a lot I, uh... yeah i've definitely done my bad my fair share of like bad installs and learn from that um you know i've made my Fair share of bad purchases in the car industry. You know, what, was the worst, what was the worst car you ever owned before you came to the Well, I, I can't say that like there was like one car that was necessarily like the absolute worst, but I would say that like I went through like this period in my life where I bought a lot of like cars that did not run, did not drive, and I had so many intentions of like fixing them up and flipping them or turning them into something crazy. But like they just, it was like one after another that I picked up and then they all just sat there and 
it just was like a series of bad decisions uh, on top of that. I like sold my daily driver to afford buying like a couple other cars that I knew I'd want to turn into projects. And I just made foolish decisions. I sold right. the daily for a couple more projects and that was like the downfall of it all. I'd say that's a, diff that's a risky move right there, man. That's yeah, definitely was just uh, romanticized about the fact that I could just pick something up and it was there and, you know, I wanted it and I was like, I was going to make some money. In the end, I just needed to dump everything quick to get back on the road. So Yeah, man. I just saw a thing come up. This is a big thanks to Drive Cartel for picking my 57 for best of show at Proving Grounds last year. And that's Corey Kirchner, I think yep. he is. Yeah, shout out. That's awesome. It was really, I saw a photo show. I wasn't there last year because I had to be on the road, but killer. It was a really good car. Yeah, it's amazing. Corey loves owning car. I, I will say the worst car I've ever owned, or worst, maybe worst decision. Nah, no, I'll just go with worst car I ever owned. Um, I want to say it was a Ford Ranger. Like it was a <laughs> 90, I wanted, yeah, it was like a 94 Ford Ranger. And we did dream beams on it and lowered it and stuff. It's still around. Somebody is, somebody's working on it. And if you have it, I'm very sorry. It, that car gave me so many problems. And it was one of those things where it was a weekly fix and it was a weekly repair. Uh, I got the, I got it by painting my dad's house because he had it at the shop or something, you know? And he's like, yeah, yeah, somebody abandoned this car and we got the title for you. You paint the house, you can have it. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, it was a piece of junk. Like, it, it was one of those things where the odometer only went up five digits, and and the number made you look at it and say, well, where is it at? Because this thing right. could be 300 and some thousand miles. And given that everything on the car fell apart all the time. I mean, I drove it one time when the U-bolt uh, snapped in the back, and we had to, like, bungee cord the rear axle in place just to – get it to drive straight back to the house. Um, let see, the box fell off one time. <laughs> That's always <laughs> It was terrible. The tailgate broke off. The thing got broken into about three times. I sold it to a buddy of mine that got hit in the uptown area with it. And then, so I repaired it for him and he got it back and it got hit again. So I bought oh, it no. back. So I bought it back from him for $200 on a bicycle. Got to get from A to B somehow. Oh, was, it, was, it, was it a nice bicycle though? Like, no, that's... it was not a nice bicycle. It was just so you could get around. Uh, but then, uh, you know, then uh, I restored the car back to its, you know, uh, to its glory, painted it again and everything and made it back to its low rider status. Mm -hmm. Sold it to a buddy of mine who uh, could only see out of one eye and he proceeded to pummel the car into things. Like it was really sad to watch and it got hit a couple more times or he hit a couple more times i I, can't, I don't know but then he offered it back to me and i had to say god i've owned this i've retransferred this title to my name like three or four times and i gotta yeah. say no right. oh car it was awful i can't believe it's still running it's in somebody's driveway somebody took a photo like a year ago of like here's your truck i was like can't believe it's running that's one of those that's, things that, you can't that was bad still out there how about you? What else you got? What do you got? I know you got a bad car. What do you got? Mm. What's the worst car? I honestly don't know. I've never really had bad luck with vehicles. Like I've made money off almost every car I've ever bought and sold. You're pretty. You're pretty calculated, though. Yeah, that's pretty good. I'm trying to think. Like I'd say, like my biggest mistake is selling a truck that I had that like I just shouldn't have sold. But like as far as like vehicles, like all of my mistakes are selling vehicles I shouldn't have gotten rid of. 
but like yeah. had to because like they had to thin the herd but had a yeah. older celica that like pretty sad i got rid of like that thing was super fun uh, super celica or like what gym it was 84 so not a celica supra it's an 83 and 84 and i can't remember exactly right now it's it was very specific model year because of the headlights and they weren't mm-hmm. flip-ups but they rolled up yeah so i want to say it was an 83 a whole bunch of suspension work done like just a blast of a car super simple yeah i literally like i can't think of any vehicle that i ever purchased that i like regret purchasing or like building or anything like i don't have that Hmm. all of mine is is like getting rid of vehicles like i'm just sad like because i just want all of them like i want everything my like interests are so widespread and like varied that like i've always been sad that i wasn't just into like one aspect of cars like really into just road racing or like just building a show car because it's like i want everything from like every era and i want to do like different things with all of them when i was younger and it was more like money based i would have to do some stuff with one car get kind of like not sick of it but like bored and want to do something else so like sell that car to fund a different project to do something else and like hopscotch my way around like that and you know as i've gotten older i've been lucky enough to have like multiple vehicles for different things but like but still i want more and i want to just like i want to bring them all but yeah i think that's the only regret is not keeping every car I've ever purchased. You need a bigger garage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think we all do, though. I think we, I think we all do. I mean, I think that's something that, I mean, that conversation gets brought up all the time. Like, oh, let's get together with your buddies and rent a warehouse and just store all your cars in it. But you know, that financially, it's a giant, terrible, scary mistake if you do that. So it's actually also a lot of organization right when the more people you get involved and people drop off and come back in it's like somebody i'm not even worried about that i just don't want i don't want all my cars in one spot because like i've just watched too many places burn to the ground but like yeah let's separate what about my bonds i want a i want to see if this will ever be possible but i basically want um one of the auto motorplex but for like um you know, for people that are more uh, poor people. Yeah. Well, more mechanically driven because you can't really do a lot of work out there or restoration work. And there used to be a couple spots around where it was just garage bays and like guys would have them and they'd just be working on their hot rods in there and stuff. That, what a cool community that is. But we're starting to see, yeah. we're starting to see like storage units you can purchase. We have a couple actually out by the shop that are, yeah, that are exactly that. Uh, there's a couple down in, I want to say like the Shakopee area. There's a few of them that are popping up. They're just basically like giant storage units that, I mean, that you can kind of do whatever you want. A lot of them don't, you know, let your own business stuff and like, Sure, have, sure. you know a little bit of curfews for like how loud you can be but yeah we're starting to see that pop up more and like the prices are because you're able to take out like mortgages and like long-term payments on them they're more uh, affordable yeah i'd like to see one in northeast minneapolis where i live it's not gonna happen um yeah, yeah. i mean i got um, a, I, I have an alley in a two-car garage and i have seven cars so are there any uh any cars you guys went to look at that you're glad you never did purchase I can tell you there was a car that come, came to mind when we had this conversation i was going to shop for a cheap, you know, daily driver, winter beater type car, like some Saturn, something or other. It was like 300 bucks. Like I met the guy at a gas station and out of nowhere. So I'm like, so he's, I'm like, there's another car in front of us. We got to back out. And he's like, yeah. And just so you know, I haven't told you yet. Um, but the, re- but reverse doesn't work. I'm like, oh, okay. Oh, uh, interesting. He's like, I'm like, it is only a $300 car. So like, I guess I'm not super surprised. Something's wrong. 
And out of nowhere, the guy's like, yeah, but don't worry about it. I got it. And he just puts his foot out the door and just starts pushing us both back with his leg. Wow. Um, there is no way I'm doing that. Styling. So yeah. you didn't buy, you didn't buy did, that one. I did not buy that one. That's a good move. I, I, had one that, I definitely had to flint some my way out of parking spots. I had a car that also did not have reverse for a little bit. And like, it's like the age old adage, like, don't buy a car that says mechanic owned, like, as if it's like maintained really well. Like, no, no, no. We just know how far it can go before it completely falls apart. So I always try to make sure I'd pull into parking spots that I could pull through or like, you know, pull in and park on the other side. And I just, I don't know, just forgot one day. And like in like a fairly crowded parking lot, just pulled in, parked all normal, came out after whatever I did and like realized that like I had to push my car out of the parking spot and get in and drive away and like definitely got some funny looks on that one. Yeah. Or having a car that the starter doesn't work and you just don't like, can you just, yeah, have, park you ever, yeah, have you done that? I, that's like <laughs> oh yeah. Fun. Oh yeah. Or like a year and a half with a car that didn't have a starter and I just was like, oh, I'll get one. Nah. I've had string tied to chokes. Like I've had all. Oh yeah, I've got it all. I've had a lot of experience with going through the the Lexus uh, brand uh, in cars that I didn't purchase because I I could see uh, tons of issues. And you know sometimes it's like yeah it's fixable and there's there's that. But you know sometimes you want to just pass it down the line because you don't want to work on something that hard. And that's the problem with a lot of these mid early to mid nineties cars. The, the ones that we want. Yeah, they're there and the car looks good and everything, but like it's going to need everything. I, I can tell you all, like it, some people won't care. They don't care about changing out their bushings. They don't care about that. But there's been a lot of cars that I've looked at where I've just been, I, I just can't, I, I don't have to, I don't have the time to yeah. change all this out. Just the maintenance on these alone. I mean, if you've ever changed the timing belt on a 1U ZFE, then you would understand. You see one of these older V8 Lexuses and you're like, oh, it's gonna be awesome. And then you're like, my God, I just don't have a weekend to change one belt. Right. And then, you know, everything else on top of that is the same method. Like changing a starter, it's you have to take the whole engine apart sometimes. You know what I mean? It's just, it's one of those things. So I've skipped that a lot. And most of them have been Lexuses, but I usually buy the worst, most broken down ones because I, what you were saying, let's see how far we can get this car to go. I just bought this LS 400 for like 300 bucks. We're going to like give it, it, I mean, it was going to get retired. We're going to give it the last hurrah because it had a pretty severe accident in the rear end, but we're pounding it back to shape and we're going to send it, man. Like, let's just do that. So some of those justifiable, some no way. Most yeah. of them know it. We got a dude named Damon down here offering us an E36. Where where are you at, Damon? Not that I, you know, need that, but well, uh, da Damon's actually one of my buddies, so I'm gonna go ahead and assume he's being sarcastic because his E36 is like just shy of 800 wheel. Wow. So I'm gonna go ahead and assume uh, he's maybe having some issues that he's tired of at the moment, but uh, I'm gonna take a walk. Uh, you you can you get up that that's that's the time to buy from somebody though really is when they right. just reach that point they're just like I can't do it anymore I've done all of this I've got twenty grand into this and and they can't get this part or this far up because they're just so tired of it because they assume there's another tip above that but that's the time to grab it and that's yeah. when I got this ninety three that was the time to buy it came out of Florida that way so. 
Oh yeah, right when they finished with dumping in all the money and one little thing went wrong. That's I think that's where like a large quantity of my success has come from. I've spent many a late nights on Craigslist or Facebook Marketplace searching for mm. must sell, needs to go, sick of project. Need gone by Monday. Yeah, need gone by Monday. Need gone today. That's always a solid one. Yeah, it's all about the third. Yeah, it's all about the third terms. Yeah, Yeah, needs engine. Yeah, Yeah, that's great. Don't know what's wrong. Oh yeah, a lot of the times when I lived in Milwaukee, it'd be a lot of like late night. Like you know, you live in a house with five other car guys. It's like someone sees an ad for a set of wheels down in Chicago for super cheap, and so we're just like, I'll be there in two hours. We we sure. made a lot of late night trips down to Chicago to go pick up car parts. I've driven to Jersey. I've done Jersey, yeah. Jersey and or, back in the weekend. Or California over the weekend. I've done California. I've done Jersey. <laughs> I've done Florida. I've driven to like all four corners for car parts at this point. But now you just reach out to your friends that are in those corners, right? I mean, I we, we got friends everywhere now, so it's like I'm I'm waiting on a a and and please don't if 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 Kara's watching close your ears for a second <laughs> so I'm, I'm waiting on this uh i think it's a it's an 82 supra or 84 i can't remember I, but anyway i got the details over there so and, and it was like a month ago or so so we were ready to do this deal the car had been sitting with you know with title manual supra just like the, it looked gorgeous and it's been in california sitting there just waiting for someone to grab it. Uh, and it was found in one of those, uh, well, I'll call it a car park <laughs> because it's like a field sure. of cars. Like, a, you know, a guy that buys all the cars and he just parks them on his property. Yeah. Runs out of garage so, space and just moves yeah. to the field. Yeah. So this thing was under, under like an overhang, like a, like a shed kind of thing. And it was a black and silver. So the silver's on the side, black tops with the black bottom. Supra, gorgeous car, and I'm just like, I need to have it. My buddy's like, yeah, I'll just hook you up with it. So once we can get out on the property, because he was buying a bunch of the other cars, he was just like, I'll just roll it in the deal. You throw me transport, yeah. and we'll send it up to the house. And I'm like, great, done. So I'm like, it could cost me 800 bucks to do this car with a title. Great, done. Well, never going to happen. I'll tell you that much. That's, but having those people all over the country people that you befriended through uh your the networks is really nice because they will have access to things hey there's a bumper uh down in wherever missouri and you're right, right. by there you could grab it i'll say, give you the money to package it up and send it to me right saves you the trip yeah i mean sometimes you see uh posts you know where it's like you can just ask if somebody knows of anything and you, you know you just put out a facebook status looking for this and it's like mm-hmm. something that wasn't ever listed or anything like that it just like comes to light like yeah i've had one that's been sitting under you know a million other parts that i'd be willing to get rid of for 50 bucks or something i love that if anybody needs parts for lexus sc300 or 400 i currently have a <laughs> unbelievable plethora from about seven cars sitting at my in in at my house so if you need something feel free to reach out to me and i would be very very happy to get rid of some of these parts trim (laughs) interior gauges you name it radios well again that goes to you just start picking up stuff just to have on hand just in case kind of situations and then all of a sudden it's too much way too much (laughs) But but that's the thing. So if somebody needs something, I see the opportunity. I always present it like, "Hey, I got that, and it's cheaper than getting it from a junkyard." Because I would much rather 
help out the people that are in my category of cars or the type of cars that I got than try to take advantage of that. Because I'm not a really take advantage kind of person. I'm more about, you know, that communal aspect of it. So I think that works really well on that side. Yeah, Dan, you're you're one to have a few parts laying around. <laughs> his, his work desk is like like a treasure trove. Of- I uh, so I've, I've moved around the country a bunch of times in the past like ten years, and those like black and yellow bins that are you know kind of all over the place. I have I think in the most recent move, it was like just it was either just over or just under fifty of the larger size bins. Oh just, man! Just car parts, and like they're all labeled. They're all specific to like each vehicle. You know, some of them are brand new parts that I just have in spares. Some of them are like super rare old used parts. Some of them are just literally used OEM parts. But like, I just I don't really ever get rid of anything unless. But I'm the dude when somebody says like, "Hey, does anybody have this super random thing?" Sitting I'm, I'm the dude that's like, "Yeah, no, I have one." Um, but like, it's worked out well for either yeah. like friends or like for me, it's just a constant like. I'm not good at having money in the bank, but I'm really good at having car stuff. So like right. I can purchase a car thing that's worth worth a lot of money and I'll buy it when somebody needs to get rid of it. And then I sit on it and then somebody needs it. And I well, okay, perfect. Well, I'm looking to buy some other stuff. Right. So I'll just barter my way through this. Like, yeah. Can you it, imagine can you imagine what that's gonna be worth down the road? Some of those parts though? Like right. you're gonna be like, oh well, I can't imagine. Whatever the I, mean, <laughs> I try too frequently. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it's just always been like that because it's like, it, if it's either, you know, I come from a, a lot of like, kind of like the more race car background that like, I go to the racetrack a bunch, I bring a bunch of spares with me because I expect that like things are going to bust. So like when I buy something or build something for the car, I'll, I'll buy or build a couple of them. And so like, if I sell the cars, I end up with just these extra parts. So yeah, no, I just have bins upon bins upon bins upon bins of car parts for I feel like most car guys actually visualize the black and yellow bins you're referring to as well. Oh, I'm, oh, I'm sure. One product, any car guy can picture like that. You say black and yellow bins, I know what you got. <laughs> yep. Good. Yeah. So, so I'm excited. What do you, so uh, for Proving Grounds, what are you guys planning on doing? Uh, is it just going to be a PG2 situation? I know there was some uh, media put out, but I think a lot of people will kind of that might not know that might want to be filled in at all. I will say that like me and Charlie are probably not the people to answer that in the most, okay. it, just because it's been a fairly fluid situation and um, mm-hmm. it's just, it I almost changes. Kind of like, something changes sort of thing. Yeah. So like what sure. we know even from yesterday, I mean, the plan right now is that I know that we have like the drifters are still going to be up there and like that schedule will stay the same. They're opening up fairly minimal capacity for autocross. What we don't know. And one of the things we've been waiting on is if people are able to camp on site. Um, yeah. Last I'd heard that camping was not going to be available, but RVs are okay due to some state regulations. A lot of little stuff like that that we just don't know. And like I said, it changes like almost by the hour. Yeah, um, brainers kind of just updating us with what they can do versus, you know, what um, we're comfortable with advertising on our end and stuff like that. It definitely is not going to be, you know, the, the party that everybody knows it as. So, I mean, like Charlie mentioned earlier, calling it proving grounds might even be something that doesn't even yeah. happen this year because it's it's so minimal and we'll wait wait to hold out and see what PG two looks like. 
But right. again, n- none of us know what the world's going to look like, you know, a couple days from now, much less a couple months from now. So I still think it's cool, like we talked about earlier, uh, to be the, you know, this time around to be the time to go prove yourself and prove for what you do with your car, because then you'll be all set up and already know how good you're going to do for PG2. Maybe that's the way to approach it. And um, exactly. either way, I'm planning on trying to be out there. Uh, we'll pull the, the camper van up just to go maybe do it. I think we, if it all works out, I believe we, uh, Ben Garrett's, we're going to try to bring an E30 up there, I think, to do a little oh. bit of road course. So it's all done up by Patience Metal Fab and himself to okay. create an awesome race car. So, um, but yeah, no, I mean, um, I'm looking forward to it. And I know you guys are working hard at it, uh, just like we are with Modest uh, for August 15th. Uh, but it's it's a challenge. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you guys are taking on this challenge to continue on doing some of that stuff. Because without that, uh, I think a lot of people would lose hope in what's going on. So oh, yeah. hats off to you for uh, grinding and making that happen. Well, I suppose that probably about wraps it up for today, huh? Honestly, I, I've, I've listened to your podcast a few times. If we didn't mention that enough, I've had it actually playing up here. Uh, for anybody who wants to catch up on it, it is the Dream Killers podcast. You can find that pretty much on anywhere you listen to your podcast, yeah? Yeah, I mean, uh, we, we have it on uh, everything from Spotify, iTunes, uh all the really weird yeah. ones. Yeah. So get cast. Yeah, we just put it out there, you know. That way, uh, you know, uh, it's something for us car casts to get together and and talk about some of the dumb stuff. And if you, if anybody ever wants to be on the show, I would love to have you on the show because we sit back, we have a couple beers, and we talk about cars. Yeah, definitely check it out, guys, if you haven't already. It's uh, one that I thoroughly enjoy and do definitely subscribe to. So. I highly recommend it. I'm excited for these guys to get back on those podcasts as well um, once everything kind of clears up. Um, yeah. Personally, just really looking forward to it. But anyways, guys, thanks again so much. Uh, Dalen, thanks for being able to be on here as well. It's always always nice to see you. Yeah, beard's looking awesome, man, for Thank real. Thank you. I've been, I've been working on it. I just cut it down, cause, but I, I can't compete. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I, every day I wake I up, I spend about an hour pushing. I just – and it, yeah, just as hard as I can, and it just weird really paying off. Right on, guys. Well, I'll uh, I look forward to talking to you soon. I'm sure I'll see you around this season, and um, yeah, we'll definitely be in touch, man. Yep. Thanks, guys. It was good to see you. Later, man. And there you have it, guys. Hopefully, you learned something that you can either take with you into the garage or bring with you to the track. Tune in next week for another episode. We'll see you then. Is that good enough? Yeah. Okay.